Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Baruch Hashem, we're starting a new parak tonight on the top of Nadarim Daf Memtes. Um, and uh, we'll be getting into some splitting of hairs in regards to languages about Bishal. Is Bishal the same as Tzli? Uh, we know we have Chakiras like this in the world of Basar B'chalav. We know that the Isser of creating Basar B'chalav is with Bishal. Okay, so can you own stock in Burger King? Because that's not Bishal proper. It's Tigun, they're frying. It's really just melting. On, is that considered Bishal? So applications of that are found here in, in minor form, but we'll see some of that over here. A reminder again that tomorrow and the next day, uh, I'll be posting recordings. I don't yet know how Thursday is going to work. Right now, the way Thursday works is I can post during the day. If I run out of time, I run out of time. And I'll let you know. Well, keep you posted. Uh, probably not, and I'll probably have to do Friday. I have to see how the next two days go. I have to see. I'm not sure. Don't go away. Very practical. <laughs> yeah, very practical. I'll tell that to the people who I'm about to raise money from that I just couldn't come to pick up their check because Michael needed me at that point. I'll tell them. I agree with you in my heart, but uh, they'll, they'll understand because it's for Michael. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> if you replace if you replace the money that I was about to fundraise. <laughs> All right, says the new Mishnah, new Parakhan, if a person makes a nether against foods that are Mavushal, Mavushal in the form of cooking of Mavushal, then then it's permissible to eat foods that are tzli, that are roasted, and shaluk. Now, this is interesting because the word shaluk is subject to a machlokas rishonim. If you look in the Mefarish, the word shaluk on the second line reads, Mavushal yoser midai. It was Mavushal, but it was over Mavushal, cooked too much. The Ran doesn't like this, and the Ran at the beginning of, of the parak, halfway down the page, writes, Shaluk on the third line of that section, Bashil below Bashil. He says it has to be that it's undercooked, because if something's overcooked, it was already in the status of Bishal. You can't remove it. So the Mefarej gives a typical Shah's definition of Shaluk, but uh, the Ran says it's impossible. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And therefore, he says Shaluk is undercooked, even though the Mefarej is right that this is the typical definition. Either way, mutter. Amar, if a person says, Konam Tavshil there's these foods I'm not going to eat, or food I'm not going to eat, and not speaking about the method of cooking, but cooked items in general, not about the method. So there the Gemara says, There you're not allowed to eat foods out of a pot that are that there's where there's a lot of liquid, there's moisture. Let's say you do uh, pan-fried potato kugel. So that would be considered a version of bishel, where it's at the end, it's oven. So that's mutter. That's not considered a regular tavshil. My sekdera rach is going to be usher and mutter ba'ava. That food under the under the <clears throat> umbrella of that uh, konam would be mutter to eat. And as well, umutter be'beitza turmuta. This is a specific type of egg. Uvedalas haramuta, a specific type of gourd. These would also be mutter to eat as well. The Gemara is going to ask about this. That's case one of the Mishnah. Case two. A person says, uh, from my there, I'm going to limit myself. It has to be only from foods that are actually boiled. Pots are made for boiling. So if you want to boil some noodles, that's what would be yasser. If a person makes a nether, anything that goes into a pot, I will not taste. Then anything that's cooked in the pot, um, anything that's cooked in the pot is going to be usher. Again, as I mentioned 20 times already, the language here is so similar to one another, it's hard to really appreciate the difference in language. In, in the English parlance, in our comfortable, you know, mamalashan, we can easily parse these things out. This is just a little harder. Just look at the first case. And then kodem tavshil. 
quantum, like they're so similar, but we have to recognize that this is just not our language. It's the way that they talk. The first one, Mevushal, is speaking about the mode of cooking, and Tavshal is speaking about foods broadly. So we have to remember that we're just not experts in this language. The Gemara. The last one. So if you would put like a rotisserie chicken, that now would be okay, right? But it's not correct. Pot. Correct. It's something that's not cooked in a pot. Okay. Mostly, or Lamasha, let's say you're baking something, you know, afia. Afia is not bishal. Bishal is cooking with a liquid medium. But it's still something that goes in a pot. Right. So that's typically right. So here we're saying anything that you'll cook in a pot. That's a very, it's really just about the pot. What if you roast in a pot? I, it's a good shiloh in the Rishonim because that's technically not bishal. <laughs> but here the Gemara's language, the Mishnah's language seems to be anything that goes in a pot. It's a good question. Now, we had learned in the beginning of our Mishnah that uh, if a person says the language of Mavushal, the very specific language of Mavushal, that, and that's his restriction, that it would then be mutter to eat foods that are tzli and shaluk. However, Tanya, the Brisa, writes at the open of the Gemara, nine lines down or so, Rabbi Yoshia Aser, he says no. Rabbi Yoshia Oser, he says that one is not allowed to eat tzli and shaluk. In other words, is the word Mavushal specific or is it general? If the word mavushal is specific, then sli is different than mavushal, and shalak is different than mavushal. If the word uh, sli, uh, the word mavushal is general, then who cares? We're talking about cooking in general, cooking loosely, not cooking specifically. <clears throat> and says the Gemara, and Rav Yoshia has a beautiful raya for his shita that sli should be usher, because the pasuk says by the korban pesach shneemar vayivashelu ha pesach baish kamishpat. Look at the first word in that pasuk, bishul. So we know that the we know that the Korban Pesach was Tzli, yet the Pesach says Bishal, that the word Mavushal is a broad word and not a specific word. Therefore, Rav Yoshia says that even if you make a neder in the language of Mavushal, it doesn't matter. Tzli is going to be us or two. You can't eat anything out of that house or out of that kitchen or whatever the locale is. But, but once you say that Tzli and Mavushal are not the same thing, how do they, definition, how do they define Mavushal? No. It's not that. It's that in this context of using the word bishal, it is not a specific language. Everyone agrees when it comes to basar b'chalav that if you bake basar b'chalav together, that's not the issue that I said bishal. That's, I, 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 don't know, I shouldn't say everybody agrees. I presume that that's the case. There we make firm distinctions between cooking in a liquid medium and cooking in a baking medium or a frying medium or a roasting, whatever but, it is. But so bishal is, is definitely the water. Right. The classical definition of Bishal, yes. But here, because the Torah uses the words vaivashlu loosely, because obviously it was tzli, it was roasting. So therefore, Rav Yoshaya says that over here, of a person that makes a neder about mevushal, so then obviously his brain was thinking wider, thinking a little bit more broadly. We're going to reject this in a minute, but that was the sheet of Rav Yoshia. And the Gemara says a third of the way down, Lema, perhaps we can say that that the difference between our Mishnah where Mavushal was specific, and therefore Tzli and Shaluk were mutter under the guise of that nether. But Rav Yoshia was Asr. What's the machlokas between the Rav Yoshia Savar, Halach, Achar, Lashon, Torah? We look at the way that the Torah uses the word Mavushal, and clearly we see the word Mavushal was interchangeable with Tzli. The Tana Dilan, our Tana Savar, Binidarim, Halach, Achar, Lashon, Binayalim. Ah, what's the way that people talk? So you're right, Mavushal in the Pasuk means sleep, but that's not the way people talk. When people are making a net, they're, they're being very specific. So therefore, maybe that's the machlokas between the Tan of our Mishnah of Yoshia. The Gemara rejects this law. That's not correct. <laughs> Everyone agrees. We don't care about the Pasuk and Chumash under these circumstances. 
The Lashem Bnei Adam is what governs. Fine. If that's true, what then is the Machlokas between our Mishnah and the Tana of Rav Yoshia? Marki Asrei, Marki Asrei. It just depends on the locale in which you live. Be'asrei, the Tana Dilan, the author of our Mishnah, there, Litzli, Karu Litzli, Ulemavushal, Karu Lemavushal. They use the right words. That's what the words are for. They use the right words. Kasha and the Pasuk, why did it say Mavushal? Good question. But Be'asrei, the Rav Yoshia, where Rav Yoshia lived, Afilu Tzli, Karu Mavushal, they were looser. They were more broad with their language, more generalized. So there, when you would say Mavushal, you meant Tzli. When you'd say Tzli, you might have meant Mavushal, and no one would hold you to it. So the Gemara says, everyone agrees that it's Lashem Adam. But the Lashem Adam was different in those places. But it's all about Lashem Adam. Aye, what about the fact that Rabbi Yoshia brought a Pasuk? We had said that Afal Pishayin Rai L'Dabr Zecher L'Dabr, we quoted a Pasuk, V'Hakra Nasibla. Rabbi Yoshia had a Pasuk that supported him. So what do you mean Lashem B'nei Adam? He brought a Raya Brura as to how we know that Bishal and Sli are interchangeable. The Gemara says, that's Asmach Balma. It's not uh, a light uh, a light hint from the Pasuk, but it doesn't actually matter. That's what he said, Raya. But according to your logic, the Gemara's pushback right now is a little ridiculous. Huh? You're right. The whole flow of the Gemara is very strange because he wasn't, he said, the Gemara is very weird. We we shouldn't have even, I'm, respectfully, we, we just, this question was unnecessary. But the Gemara is bothered. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe in Shir, when Rav Yoshia was talking about this, he just quoted the Pasuk and we're answering now that it's Nasmachda. Maybe the framing of Wow, gorgeous question. Gorgeous. Right? The problem would be that this Gemara's final question would be impossible to ask. And plus the very young maybe you can call it up, you know. Well, we would have made we would have just made the blanket Hakira. We would have just made the blanket Hakira that the Nidara exactly Nidarim have their own rules. What's the Yud Lamed at the end there? I don't know. The Yesh Lomar, but there's no Yesh Lomar. I don't know. What's the Pasuk? We shall tell the Akal. We shall tell the Akal. Practice for A. Excellent. Okay, two thirds of the way down at the two dots. Well, that piece is the the, the general rules are clear, which is yeah. Nadarim or Lashem Bnei Adam and Rav Yoshia was just Ba'asra the Rav Yoshia. They were using these languages inter. The, the the baseline is Pashut, but this piece is very true. The Shaklavatari is difficult. Okay, so we had said in our Mishnah, on the second line of our Mishnah, we said Konim Shatav We said some things are Asr, like Maisikdera Rach, and then we said that other things are Mutter. We had said that food that is thick is Mutter. We said the Beitzim are from Tormuto were Mutter, and the Dalas are Mutter all Mutter. The Gemara says, I don't understand. These things are cooked. You don't eat eggs raw unless you're like running a marathon. Nobody eats raw eggs. That's not normal. You eat cooked eggs. How do you cook eggs? You boil them. You boil them or you roast them, whatever. But they're cooked. That's a normal way to cook them. So the Gemara says, the Gemara asks the question in like a bit of a shield. It's not, not a clear question. But what the Gemara is saying is that some of the things that you said in the Mishnah that are mutter under the parameters of this nether are nispashel. So why would you say that it's mutter? The Gemara responds, Amar Abaye, 
Haitana, the author of our Mishnah, holds. Kol Anything that's eaten with bread has the definition of being a tavshil, and therefore by exclusion. Anything that doesn't get eaten with bread, namely the eggs and the dalas from our Mishnah, that's not called bishul. It's not called a tavshil. Shouldn't say it's not called bishul. It's not called a tavshil. So now I'm going to make this distinction as I did before, but we're going to make it sharper now. We're not asking that it go through the process of bishul. We're asking is it a food? And we define food as that which is eaten with bread. Everything else is condiments. Everything else is the gravy. But uh, the, also on where you're at. It's, it's very possible. But these types of foods in the Mishnah were clearly brought by the Tanakama to say that they were not being eaten with bread. And we're, the Gemara is going to bring a raya right now. But yes, it would, of course, have to be whatever the norms are. You know, But it doesn't take... We we, we can sit at Shabbos tables here and do things that are weird. You know, it's not... Right. They had a little food with their bread. We had a little bread with their food. Uh, yeah, true. Especially the calorie chasers, where you have to be careful. Yeah, yeah. But back in the day, all you had was bread. That's true. Back in the day, that was their their main source of. Uh, yeah, I mean, we just we're going to see today how far you have to go for a piece of steak. It's a beautiful gemara today. Also, the gemara today is going to teach us to eat, to eat with our hands. I have to. Wish my dad was here. My mom would love this gemara. I'll tell you about it later. We were never allowed to eat with our hands. I have a great parenting story. This just took place in my house. I saw one of my kids reaching into the salad bowl. I said, "Get a fork." My wife is literally holding a cucumber in her hand that she picked out of the salad with her, and I didn't see that piece. I wouldn't have said anything to my kid. I just, and the kid looks across the table at my wife, and we all just broke into laughter. All right, says the gemara. What's the raya that? Food that's eaten with bread is considered to be tavshil. Hatanya, the Bryce writes, this is of a hatanya that's benichusa. It's in support of what we're doing, not against. Hanoder mina tavshil. If a person makes a neder about cooked foods, aser bechol mina tavshil, v'aser b'tzli b'shalak v'mubushal, v'aser behitrios, rakos, these are some types of um, some types of gourds, or some types of um, pumpkins, whatever. Shachol and ochlen bahen pitan. These things are all eaten with pita. They're all eaten with bread. And therefore, all of them are begeder, tavshil, and they're also they're all usher. So we see a raya brewer from this brisa that a food that is eaten with bread is considered to be a tavshil. The Gemara bread says, "What? Bread no, bread is considered. Uh, bread is cooked yeah, no, we're we're not we're not talking about bread. We're talking about the other foods. That's a good question. I presume that's the case. No, uh, it's, it's a tavshil. Bread, bread, bread is not eaten with bread." Oh, you will see on the top. Uh, well, you might want to see the next page before you give me your raya, because uh, the Gemara says that there were some people. Yep, I'm a bit. See, when you know all of Shas, it gets confusing as to what's twelve lines ahead. You know, I, I have this. It's a. Uh, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I can only foreshadow because I learned this today. But if you ask me tomorrow what today's daf is about, well, that's why you're here. You get to keep us honest. Says the Gemara Aini, is it in fact true that uh, these foods, these that these gourds were eaten, we're picking up on the line in the Gemara here, about the Hitrios Rakos, Shacholan Ochlan Ben Pitan, that they would eat, the people who were Chola would eat these soft gourds, says the Gemara, first of the long lines, six lines from the bottom of the page, Revirmia got sick, there was a healer who went to him, to heal him. 
And when he walked in, he saw that there was this squash, this gourd that was sitting in his house. And the doctor spun around and left. Omar, he called out as he was walking out the door. The Malach is sitting around in this house. I'm going to go in there and try and solve it. You're eating foods that are seemingly dangerous for you. We just said that Cholim eat this type of gourd. But this story teaches us that they don't eat it. And not only that, you're a, you're a goner. With this disease, you should never be eating this food. So which one is it? Is this gourd good for you or is the gourd not good for you? Says the Gemara, Lokasha, ha berikiche, ha be'ashune. It depends if it's soft, which is good for you. That's what the Ran says at the bottom of the page. The Ran, four lines from the bottom, berikiche, that's mahalu, that's good for you. And be'ashune, that's kashin, those are bad for you. So that's the distinction. What? For sure, true. But the question is, can you even eat the hard one? And the answer is from the Gemara. I should say the answer. The Gemara says it's not good for you. It's kosher. It's bad for you. So for a person who's sick, maybe for a person we just—that's all we're talking about now. As a sick people, we don't know what it's like in general. Rava Barula Omar Ha Bekara Gufe and Ha Veha Begave Dekara. One's talking about the outside part of the kara, but of the squash, and the other's talking about the inside parts of the squash. And there's a difference between them. To Amar of Yehuda. Luliva de kara besilka. There are parts of the gourd that you should eat with leeks, and luliva de kisna bekutcha. And the there are parts of flax trees that you should eat with kutach, which is this milk-based dish that we see throughout Shas. And these things are all good for you. And the Gemara says, let's keep the second one a secret. The dovarze aser leomro bifne amhaaretz. You're not allowed to tell the amearatzin about the luliva de kitna bekutcha. They they're allowed to take pieces of flax and mix it with the kutach. Um, the reason why we didn't want them to do that is uh, the, the Ron says uh, two lines from the bottom, this is not a good reason to, to yank out the Pishtan. I don't know why, but that's what the Ron says. You have to see Mepharshim for deeper reasons, but that's what the Gemara says. Rava Amar Mancholen, in this story, when we were, to, not in the story, in the Brisa, who was the considered the Chola? We said that um, <clears throat> that who were the Cholen? So the Gemara says in the name of Rabbah, he's talking about the Rabbanon. He's talking about the rabbis. We know that Torah is mateshes kocho shel adam. That if a person is really, uh, I'm not talking about people like us, I'm talking about people who learn 12 hours a day, 15 hours a day, 20 hours a day. As Torah is mateshes kocho shel it wipes you out. If you're really doing it the right way, it's exhausting. And Rabbah Latayme, he has a riot. So Amar Rabbah, turning to the top of Mem Testament base, and we're going to wrap up to the top of Nun and then we'll stop. Keman Matzlinan al who is it that uh, we hold like in regards to davening for those who are ktsire and those who are marie? Two different languages. Um, if you take a look at, at the Mefarish up here, the Mefarish says the bracha of a ktsire is rofe chole amo Israel, and marie is al pleta sofrein. One's talking about sick people and the other's talking about rabbis. Says the Gemara, keman kiribyosi. Now, side sugya, fascinating side sugya. Take a look at the Ran. The Ran on the top line, Dibur Hamaskal Keman, Kiribyosi, writes as follows. Rabyosi was of the opinion that we have to daven for these things every single day. According to the Rabbanon, who say that the Psak of our health was determined on Rosh Hashanah, once the din was made on Rosh Hashanah, is it Kedai to daven for someone who's sick if it's not around the Rosh Hashanah season? We're in the middle of the year. So this is a machlokas in the Tanaim. Obviously, obviously, we paskin like the Shita that uh, it's Kerav Yossi, that we have a din every day to daven for people. We storm the heavens and people are sick. That's what we should be doing. That's good. And we also 
the Ikaron believe that you can uproot a Gzera, it's a Shtikl Kasha and the Shita, on the sheet of the Rabbanon, but nevertheless, this is what the Machlokas is about. Anyways, back in the Gemara, in the second line, because it says that there's two things, one's talking about people who are sick, and the other is talking about who are those, the Rabbanon. Maybe from the word roe, maybe the, the rabbis, shepherds, could be, or it could just be that something bad is from the word raz happening in their life. But that's what the Gemara says, that our, Rabbanon, our Gemara was talking about the Chachamim, talking about the Rabbanon when it referenced Cholim. We had said that if a person makes a nedra about a top shield, that he is mutter be'ava, he's allowed to eat thick food. Says the Gemara, Masnisen bavloi. Our Mishnah is not like the Babylonians. Damar abzera bavloi tipshoi ta'achle lachma belachma. They would eat one grain-based food with another grain-based food. What is this talking about? They'd eat, they'd eat bread and they'd dip it in porridge or oatmeal or some type of food like that. Very, they're looking to gain weight. That's not, uh, that's not exactly the way to keep to keep things thin. Amar of Chizda, Can someone please ask a question to the Nakdane Hutzal? Nakdanim are people who are very particular. Take a look at, at the Ran, eight lines down. Different than our language of Nakdane. She'ochlen binikius. They eat very cleanly. Some of my kids do that, and some of my kids don't do that. Mm-hmm. And some of my kids have food all over their face, and they don't know. But some of my, even at a young age, they're like, no, I need a napkin. I've got something on my face, different profiles. So some of them are nakdanim, and some of them are not. The Ran continues, They're very careful about the foods. Here's how you hold this. Here's what you do with that. I have two Southern parents. You got to hold the fork just like this with your elbow off the table when you're eating soup. Rules that we all broke by the time we entered elementary school. So the Gemara says, who can talk to these people about how to eat? Anyways, the Gemara says, What is the right way to eat porridge? The Gemara says, do we say, My porridge that's made of wheat. I'm going to eat with bread that's made of wheat. And if it's barley type of porridge, that's what I should eat with barley bread. Or perhaps do we invert? Or do we mix and match them? This is the question that they wanted them to ask them. And the Gemara says, Rava ate porridge. So this, uh, according to some of the Mephorshim, if you look in the second part of the Mefarish, uh, the first answer is they would dip it into this but we still don't know what it is they're under uh, under ripe types of uh, you would then dry them out in an oven and according to some they actually had a sweet taste so that was the kind of porridge that he would eat Raba Barahuna so uh, Rabbi Baravuna saw Ravuna eating daisa, eating porridge with his bare hands. Why are you eating with your hands? So this is the line. I'm going to call my mom when we're done. It tastes better when you eat with your hands. This is going to be a new, uh, I'm going to make like a food map for my mom's table. That's going to be the whole tablecloth. It tastes better when you eat with your hands. I know. <laughs> my mom would rather me eat a lot of other foods before porridge with my head. Yeah. <laughs>
And the Gemara says that's only talking about eating with just with one finger. All the more so if you eat with two fingers. All the more so if you eat with three fingers. Not so bad to eat with your hands. We'll see in a moment that that's one of the concerns. Uh, but some of the Amorim didn't like that. Very true, though. And disgusting all at the same time. Rav says to his son, And similarly, if somebody invites you to eat porridge, you should travel ad parsa. You should go a, a nice far long walk. Oh, wow, you want to come for breakfast? What are you serving? We're serving daisa, we're serving porridge. Wow, okay. So up to one parsa, you're obligated to walk, or you should be willing to walk. If you're, if you're serving steak, so in, instinctively, we all know the distance should be further. And the Gemara highlights it's a three-to-one ratio of our affection for meat over that of porridge. Ad tlasa parsin, you should walk three. Amar le rav Rav says to his son. And v'chein amar le rav huna le rav same peoples. Kol midam, anything that you ingest, lo tiflot kame rabcha, you should not spit in front of your rebbe. Levar mean kara v'daisa, except for kara, which is gourd, v'daisa, which is porridge. Shehein doman lepsilta shal it's almost like a piece of lead that's in your mouth. In other words, they're very hard to digest. And we're not talking about our version of porridge nowadays, where our foods are perfect. Simple process. Yeah, it's so easy to eat our foods. I mean, there are people who struggle with them, gluten, whatever, but by and large, we don't have trouble processing. So there are foods that we know stay in our system a little bit longer. And not only are you allowed to be polate, uh, lifnei rabcha, but even in front of Shavur, who was a king, you're allowed to do that polot that's considered appropriate. Now, let's get back into the sugya of eating with your bare hands. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda. I have never seen it until today. One person would eat porridge with his hands. And one of them ate them with a little stick, like a little wood. I guess the, the equivalent would be one of the old wooden spoons that we used to use to mix noodles when we were little kids. Do they make those anymore? I don't even know. We don't have any in our house. They do? Yeah, we don't have that. We use them for like salad. We have that, but not for not for hot stuff. One says to the other, the person who is eating with silverware, woodware, says to the person who is eating with his fingers, how long are you going to continue feeding me that nasty stuff under your nails? Every time you stick your hand in there, I have to eat from you. They're eating from the same bowl. Very good. Of course. So he's like, he's basically asking the rhetorical question of that's disgusting. Why would you eat with your bare hands? And Amar Lay, uh, the person who was the Achil he asks a question, and how long do I have to eat your backwash? You take your spoon, you scoop it in, you lick it, and then you put it back in the bowl. No, thank you. I'll pass. Who knew that there were Germans 2,000 years ago? That's what the Gemara says. What a strange Gemara. It's not even a maskana. It's just weird. I'm also surprised that there's this awareness of like, like saliva and dirty fingers. That's like a very now thing. Like, oh, you have the germs under your nails. You know, like now in surgeries, when they scrub and they make you wash your hands for three full minutes, they, there's a timer that is by surgical stations in an OR. You have to wash your hands for three minutes. That's a really long time. And then you put on latex gloves and there's no germs. So. Okay, those are the policies, but I'm just shocked. I was a little surprised. Okay, next, two lines before the wide lines. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Shimon, Aisu, the Kamayu, Blufsayan, Blufsayan. 
some type of um, fig or date that was uh, very difficult to digest. Only some people would eat them. My time, why won't you eat it? These things don't digest very well. They never leave your body. And Omar Leir Bihuda, Givaldik, Koshikinshin is Mukhale and the Machar. At least we'll have a slow release calorie. You know, they're like for people who uh, don't fast well, there's like a list of foods that are slow release calories. So that good. They they take longer to, to break down and it lasts longer in your body. Rabihuda have Yosef commented of Tarfon. Rabihuda was sitting in front of Tarfon. Omar Leir Rabbi Tarfon, Hayom, Panecha Tubin, your face is, uh, is golden, it's shining. Amarle, that's because Emesh yesterday Yatsu Abadechalis Sada, the, the servants went out into the field. And they brought us these foods to eat. We ate them without salt. Had we eaten them with salt, it makes your face glow. So somebody looks over at Rabbi Huda and says, It's nice that your face is all shiny, but it looks like more Viravi. You're a you're a more, you're a Rebbe, Viravi, and you are saturated with wine. So she was under the assumption that the reason why his face was all shiny was because he drank too much, that uh, the afterglow of a little too much alcohol. Amar la, and he says to her, we could use a little more of this in our culture. Uh, I'm making a guarantee to you, this, this woman who had this concern. I do not drink wine, except for Kiddush and for Abdallah, and the four cups of wine for Pesach. And I have something tied on my head because of the headache that I have from the four cups of wine until Atzeres. Yeah, yeah, that's the famous line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a study published last year that Orthodox teens in high school binge drink more than their secular American counterparts. Yes. It's part of the work that we're doing in the community with parenting initiatives for another time. I'm just saying that we need to get ourselves together because we're we're doing a disastrous job we actually went that's, to a donor. Maybe the most terrifying thing I've ever. Yeah, we actually went to a um, a donor. Just a sorry, just to be a Gilui Milsa. We went to a donor and asked them for two million dollars for a program that we were running. We showed them this data, and they said, "I don't believe it." I'm like, "I dominate an Orthodox show. I trust me. The kids have access." She's like, "Where Where is the access? Explain it to me." I'm like, "What? I'm going to tell her about Kiddush Club." I'm not going to talk about Kiddush Club. I said, well, you know, parents have alcohol in their homes. They invite friends over there. The kids have access. Unfortunately, they have access. There were four people on the call. This woman who is not Orthodox, she's Jewish. She's married to a guy. And these three people who were all hidden from, from guys like me, you know, she wouldn't give us the grant for that one reason. She's like, I just don't she believe. believe she couldn't believe it. She couldn't believe that. To that level. I can show you the study. It's terrifying. Okay, for another time. We all just need to stay under control. Ella says the Gemara, none of this was... What? You agree? No. Oh. Ella says the Gemara, that's not why my face was shining. Rather, Chachmas Adam ta'ir panov. The wisdom of man is what causes for ha'aras panim. Somebody looks over at Rabbi Huda, same person. These are very profitable businesses. Uh, and he says, well, you must be doing so well. Your face is shining. So we Jews, those things, we don't, we don't do those things. We, we're not Malave Ribis. Again, we're not Malave Ribis. And we also don't raise Chazirin. Uh, That's Asr. Ella, the reason why my face is shining in this particular circumstance is because Esrim Arba Besaki. Besa kise, isli, min besa ad be medrisha. 
I pass over 24 bathrooms on the way from my house to the base medrash. At any time that I need a bathroom, and I can use them. So the Gemara here seems to say that if one is careful to go to the bathroom when they need, that leads to some type of ziv hapanim. And we know on the flip side that you can get very ill from holding in hadrakon and uh, these other diseases that exist. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying. Mutter. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you're saying we're, we're not involved in that, but no, that's. There has been over the years, no, I didn't hear this recently, but over the years, there's been this anti-Semitic trope that the Jews would only charge interest to, to non-Jews. Look how terrible that is. So the appropriate way to understand it is, wait one second. You said this to me a couple of days ago, maybe a couple weeks ago, like this is the way that banks work. They make money. But your family, you're going to charge your brother interest. That's not shy. You're my family. Okay, you're not my blood family, but you're my family. You, I don't know interest. I don't know you. Not it's, not a din in Goy versus Jew inherently. It's just that if you're a Yid, you're my family. I'm not charging you interest. It's ridiculous. Okay. We have to finish at some point. Let's go. Rabbi Yehuda, would go into the base Medrash. Shakil Gulfa al He would carry some type of barrel on his shoulder. Omar, he says, Doing the hard work, that is That's good for me. It gives me a sense of kavod. And he would actually use this to sit on it in the base medrash. Shimon Shakil Tzana Al Katve. He would also carry a basket of some kind. Amar Gedola Malacha Shemichabeda says Balda. Quick story. The Bisud Rabbi Yehuda, Nafkas, the wife of Rabbi Yehuda went out to the marketplace. Naktas Imra. She got some wool of the glima duhutvi, and she made a very good coat uh, for the family. Now, unlike our culture, where the coats are gender gender divided, uh, this coat was just a large piece of cloth, and it was used by both her and her husband. When she would go out, she would cover herself in this, probably a shawl type of garment. And when he would go out to go daven, have a And when he would, wah, it's not a baguette of anisha, it's a blanket. It's, a, it's like a blanket. It's a, yeah. You're thinking because you're, whatever, you're not, you're not, we're not used to unisex clothing like that, not in our, not in our culture. Anything that is specific to women wearing, correct. Yeah. So let's say you have a poncho, which is gender neutral. You can, you and your wife can both wear it. Today, today, I agree with you. But back in the day, that wasn't uh, that wasn't the standard. By the way, I got, I bought my winter coat right here. Zips on the the way that a woman's coat does. It's from Canada. It zips the wrong way. Yeah, and by the way, it messes with your brain when you try to figure out how to zip it up. Totally messed up. Totally. Okay, so three lines from the bottom, the Gemara says that whenever Yehuda would put on this cloak, this coat, they would make a bracha that he was able to be enwrapped in a coat. Okay. Zimnachada, one time, says the Gemara, there was a tainus that was nigzar. And Rabbi Huda lo asa lebeitanisa, but he didn't go there for the for the tainus to daven. Amrin le, they said to Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, who had called the tainus, lo isle kisui, he doesn't have a covering to come out. It's uh, frigid, whatever the circumstances are. He didn't have any clothing. Shardar leglima, so he sent Rabbi Huda a coat, but lo kabel, he wouldn't take it. And then. Dalit Sifsa, when he picked up the cushions of his house, take a look at the Mefaresh, Dalit Sifsa, he picked up the mat, and magically, or I should say, 
See what tyranny had found some coins. Mihu, even though it was true that he found these coins, lo But I don't want to do this. I don't want to benefit from the from the physical world. These were the great levels of the of the the Tanaim and many greats over the years and the Amoraim, people who like you know, those like the story of Rebbe, like the, you know, Yodaim Ela Lo, like the I got no enough from this world. This is how we're not shy to these things. It's a whole nother level. All right, we're going to stop right here. Uh, I'll post a recording for tomorrow. I'll keep you posted Wednesday, Thursday on the WhatsApp chat. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Well, it's almost as exciting as today. Don't tell me.